Hey everybody, it's Max. Welcome into Inside LAFC Podcast. Yes, changing things up here a little bit. Karia Castorena will be joining me here shortly to look back at an incredible evening there at the Rose Bowl. 82,000 strong coming out. We'll also recap the defeat to the LA Galaxy and look forward to these three games before LAFC can take a big exhale here in the middle of the season. Did want to mention something about my friend Vince LaRosa, who was a tremendous over the years working on this project, a big part that we've been able to get it here and make it uh, something that you guys can tune in every week. And we'll continue to provide that service. But I want to say a special thanks to Vince and uh, sending him all the best as we look forward to uh, this next rebirth of the podcast. We'll be joined by Kellen Acosta. We'll talk about LAFC's performance as well. Look forward as well. And how do you manage all of this? We remind you to rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend to check out Inside LAFC Podcast, which starts right now. Here we go. It's Inside LAFC Podcast. Castia Castorena joining us here. And Katia, we're going to be talking about the Rose Bowl. We're going to be talking about LAFC's uh, defeat to the LA Galaxy and also what lies ahead. But we're here at the LAFC Performance Center, beautiful eastern Los Angeles. Sade was playing in there, and then you, you, you mentioned the song Smooth Operator, which the guys were training to, getting their exercise here at the gym right next to us. Smooth and now operator. that song is in my head. It, the song is in my head, and it will be in my head for the rest of the day, probably. Great. I don't know if now I should just blast it in my car. Are you familiar with Sade? I am not. Okay. Well, you're going to learn that now, that you're going to be here with me, that I'm an old soul, and I'm an even older soul with my musical taste. So, uh, But I'm glad we, we, we were able to flesh this out a little bit. But Sade... I would say listen to the music, but watch the videos. They're, 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 uh, they'll take you back to a time in the 80s where music was <laughs> a little different. But Were you, you about the, to say better? It wasn't better, but you knew the song. What is your oh, favorite yeah. decade for music? Do you have one? Ooh, good question. I don't know if I have one. Maybe the 2000s. It's a tough question. The 2000s, because, you know, I was a kid and then pop music, boy bands, all sure. of that really like made an impact. So I'd yeah. say whenever I get to hear those songs again, like they really make me happy. Yeah. Boy, is there a boy, a go to boy band for you? Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys, who, by the way, are in a commercial. Did you, have you seen this one? They're still making money. The Backstreet Boys are still raking it in. So congratulations. I just wish I was a they Backstreet Boys. They still have boy. tours. Still have tours. <laughs> money, money, money. I don't think I was going to be any boy band. I was a menudo guy. Suete a mi moto. Suete a mi moto. Menudo in the news a lot. For all the wrong reasons. This episode now is like, name the song, name and, the then, song. and then we'll start Cambia singing. Las, cambiarla las pilas. Cambiarla las pilas. Not Change the batteries. Not that we're great singers, but we try. Yes, we are. We're also here. We're, like, we're going to talk <laughs> about the LAFC game against the Galaxy. A disappointing result. LAFC battling back to lose it. We'll get into all the details. But the Rose Bowl was a big part about this this game, Katia. This was supposed to be at the beginning of the season. You could say coulda, shoulda, woulda. What would have happened if that game was played back in February? It got shoehorned in here, which you thought would take a little bit away from the rivalry. Because you didn't have time to build it up. But what made it different was the Rose Bowl. And anyone who lives in Los Angeles knows it. That is a special place. And then a record MLS attendance, which will be there. I mean, that it might be broken sooner than later. The old record was broken uh, in just a couple of years. So I didn't know what it was going to look like, but immediately when you saw it, I was, I was in Orlando watch, doing a game, so I tuned in. I was on my, my laptop watching it in, but you were there. From my perspective, it popped off the screen. It felt like there was more than 80,000 people, to be frank, and that, that's hard to do there. And to see that 
it, it raised the standard of the Galaxy supporters. We know the high standard that the 3252 and LFC supporters have. Uh, it, the, it was, it's always big when these two teams play, but the Rose Bowl made it really special. Magical plays, historic venue, and it was just so special to see how much this rivalry has grown and what it means now for MLS. Just seeing a packed Rose Bowl stadium, and I'd say it was like half LA Galaxy fans, half LAFC fans, and you can see like the old white jerseys on one side, the old black jerseys on the other side, but just everybody chanting, being so into the game since like the early hours they knew that there was going to be a lot of traffic like there usually how, how, is how when you're going to the getting in? You got there early. I got there super early so still it was, traffic is gnarly. Yeah and, and traffic had already started when I got there around like 4.30 that the stadium was opening so I was there, you gotta get there way like ahead of time. 11am you didn't get there that early? No 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 not that early uh, <laughs> around 4.30pm like three hours before the game and, and tra traffic had already started but it was good I don't know, it was just like a very special moment, and I know the players enjoyed it too, just getting to play in such a historic venue with all those fans, and it just reminds you of those special national team games yeah. or like European matches, some of the foreigner players that are used to, you know, living in, in places where you get that kind of atmosphere every single weekend and now seeing it in MLS I think it's very special and it shows just how much the sport has grown and how much it means also to the city of LA it does and just to be official 82,110 I didn't 82,110 why don't you get a tattoo of it on your arm 82,110 yes. new MLS attendance record yeah. it was you know with all this messy fanfare it just went to show that LA is still where it's at I feel it's the epicenter of this league LAFC supporters, I know you look at the standard you raised in the supporter culture, but you lifted the Galaxy. The Galaxy filled that place, too, because of your handiwork, because you raised the bar, and I think that's a big part of it. I love it because I want it's a high... I, I don't... I want LAFC to obviously win as many MLS Cups, but what makes it special week to week is if the Galaxy aren't as bad as they have been. And we'll talk about it a little bit about that intensity in one of my takeaways. Also, by the way, just a reminder, talk to Kellen Acosta, who it was his first ever Rose Bowl game. That had to be. I mean, obviously, he didn't like the result, but you remember that. You remember that being in that building. And, and to your point about all these great games, you know, we, it's USC, UCLA. Uh, the 94 World Cup was referenced. We're not comparing it to these things. But it's, it's a very L.A. It's a very – it's like a badge of honor to, to see a game at the Rose Bowl and – on a beautiful day under the mountains there. Uh, you don't forget that. Beautiful weather. It was out. July. That's not, that's a, that's, I was, we haven't had great weather, but now we had a good weather. Yes, and I had my doubts before when they like rescheduled the game. July 4th, yes, it's a holiday, but you know, you don't know how many people are actually going to be here, are going to show up. Maybe they have other plans. Maybe, maybe they're leaving town. So I was like pleased to see how many fans showed up. Like, they packed the stadium when they announced the day before that it was going to be a sellout. Um, it just just shows how much people are into it. And it ended up being just like the perfect setting on the 4th of July to finish it off with fireworks. Were you there for the fireworks? Because I would have done the little sneaky, sneaky. I, I should have been on the clock. I would have to wait for everything. I wanted to, but I was working. That's yeah, the thing. Never mind. So I didn't get to see the fireworks. I was like in the press conferences or like doing all the post game stuff so I could hear the fireworks I could not see the fireworks so my 4th of July was a little bit different because I did not get to see fireworks okay 
LA, when it comes to fireworks, is the best. You sure you've got to see some or hear some on the way home. Hopefully oh, definitely here. People some are by here. my house, and then up until I don't know three a.m. I'm like, people, stop already. My favorite day, and I didn't get to do it this year, is when you turn on the news and they go, "Today on Fourth of July." I'm just doing my local news. All due respect, I love our local news. I watch it more than anything else, and it's a reminder why local news is so important here in LA. They do that aerial shot. This is the aerial shot. There in the San Fernando Valley. Look at those fire. And it's like, you know, every year you see that shot. There's this like, video on Instagram. It's this reel going around. A very <coughs> cool video where at some point it just shows all of L.A. And all of the fireworks just cool. going off at the same Love time. It. It, was, it was pretty cool okay, video. So Look we, it up. We <laughs> talked about the Rose Bowl. We're not trying to avoid what happened here. A, a disappointing result. 30th game of the season. And I know we've talked about the fatigue, but it's 30 games for LAFC here <coughs> in July, and that's usually something that should be in a total you hit in September. Remember, there's 38, uh, there's 34 regular season games. Yes. There's 34 regular season games, so that everything's extra. So you just do it in your math with the League's Cup, which we'll talk about a little bit too, looming. We know that's out there. They were stretched without Aaron Long, Jesus Murillo, defensively, Sergi Palencia, Chiqui Palacios is suspended couple guys coming back but as Steve touched on after the game they're trying to get minutes we're not building in anything LAFC needs to get results they have three games before a break for the league's cup they need to do it remember they had the two wins and now this is this is what's crazy Katia. they had the two wins and now they've had three losses and I that victory over Seattle felt like it was a week ago it was a little more than that but I mean this it shows that compact nature we could talk about it, but uh, there are some things here about LAFC that they've got to find ways to execute. They've got to find ways to score goals. Um, we, let's start with the first half because Steve Chirindolo said it too. It was much better in the second half. Some adjustments made, but they trailed there early. And in my, from what I saw, it looked like they could have been down even in a, an additional goal. Yes, they're not being sharp and as clean on both boxes. And they've touched on this in the past few games and that streak of three losses that they've had where you're not getting the goals and then you find yourself also making little mistakes. Now you're down a goal and you have to chase the game. And it's like this story that we're seeing over and over again that now you're chasing the game and it makes it difficult because it just changes the entire thing. And I agree. And all like, three losses they've been chasing. They yes. chased, yeah. And in that first half, you, you could see it. They could have even, even like, scored before the, the Galaxy. And then, like, kudos to bo both keepers that had important saves in those, like, initial minutes of the game. But at the end of the day, you're not being sharp. You're not getting those goals. And then what happens? The opposition gets that goal. And then here's a... The, the same tape over and over again where it's difficult. The players are fatigued, and I know we've touched on this over and over again, but then mentally it also weighs on you when then, again, you're down. You have to chase the result, and it just modifies the plan that you had going in, the talk, everything that was said before. Every game uh, since League's Cup, the second leg, you know, this is really the benchmark where things have... Um, where LAFC started to struggle. I think every game you look at, whoever scored first got the results uh, just the five games since LFC scored the goal first they won Vancouver uh, Dallas and now the LA Galaxy score first and that it, it, it's it's almost like if we list any key to the match the most obvious one is don't fall behind <laughs> take if you take the lead you're I gonna have be a good shape. stat right here bring it on what do you got six time 
in the last seven games that LAFC has conceded first, it lost four of the previous six. Okay, that's, that's very telling. Let's have our takeaways, because my takeaway kind of touches on that. And what's what you see, and it's hard to ask again, I'm not going to keep bearing on it with the fatigue, is the Galaxy, and we've seen it so many times in these games, you know what's going to happen. It's a different Galaxy team. The intent, this is a Galaxy team that's been at or near the foot of the Western Conference all season. That intensity, that um, concentration on these moments, that they raise it. Uh, if the Galaxy want to be good this season, they're going to have to do that with some regularity. But they knew that, and LAFC, to me, in that first half, it wasn't quite there. Those 50-50s, the intensity, it's hard to get to that point, especially when you have a schedule like that. But LAFC showed more of that in the second half, made the adjustments, were able to pull level. And it's, it's almost a thing where you can bottle it to 90 minutes. Can you bottle that, which is a big ask, but if you can bottle that 90 minutes, you could do well. And again, I, I, I know if I asked Steve Trundle, you have three games, he's say one game at a time, as they should. We should look at it one game at a time. But for argument's sake, these three games, if they can find that intensity and just to get them over, like we all do when we see our vacation or we know the end of the school year, right? You know, I got two weeks, uh, summer starts. You've push gotta, through. You got to push through and hit that tape. I, uh, to me, that's something that I, if it's hard to say you could have that intensity because the, the Galaxy were dialed in, but that would have been something that I think LAFC would have served well if they were able to muster it. Yes, my takeaway would be those adjustments in the second half where the team looked better, more settled, looked better also in set pieces, and that's how they got the equalizer, the header off of Ilya Sanchez. So I think showing that improvement would be my, my takeaway and you try like you said to bottle that and then now take it for a quick turnaround again on Saturday at home against San Jose did they have enough they had enough because I mean, the one thing people say look we have chances they need to convert them and that, that still applied I would be worried if all of a sudden we didn't really have a lot of chances but they did they did have chances they had more in the second half they did have them in the first half our crack researcher Yuli uh, Julie said say like Julie Yuli. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, Yuli. You better believe it. Uli. Did they get enough chances? I thought so. Oh, they definitely got They got more chances than the Galaxy. If you look at the stats and a little bit more possession, more shots on target. So the chances were there. That The thing is what we were talking about before, just being better with the finishing and that final touch. And we were talking about this also off camera that you see the three up front. Mahala being its its last game, we'll, we'll but talk. of course we'll we'll talk about that. But Carlos Vela, Denny Buanga, Mahala, they know how to play like all the three positions, and then they like switch and then try to move. And I don't know also how much that is hurting them right now when it comes to communication, because yeah. then we would see like Carlos in the middle, but then he would switch, and then we would see Denny on the right, then on the left, and then at some moments I feel that when it comes to just being aware of who's doing which run, how to communicate, there are certain elements there that might be hurting what we're seeing with the finishing. Yeah, Denny Boanga did get, was it the Vancouver, oh, one of the games where he scored a goal, but he hasn't really been scoring a lot. Against Vancouver, yeah, both Denny and Carlos scored. So, they, so those are the guys, if, and look, if Denny's not scoring all the goals, you need other guys to do it. So these last couple games, it hasn't happened. You like to see that from Mahala too, but um, whatever it is, whether it's Denny shouldering the mur and he's still one of the top goal scorers in the league. I think two goals off the lead of Hani Mukhtar, so he's still there. 
And Vela's got a nice total. It's like six goals. It's a decent total for your second top score. You usually don't have 11 and six. Maybe it is other guys need to, to take the, the burden off of them. Obviously, defenses are playing Denny a little differently because they know where it's going to be. But that sh that the movement in the front three is key. And now we'll talk about Mahala in a moment. There's going to be a, someone different there in the San Jose game and moving forward. But I, those combinations of where they find goals is paramount. And I, that is going to be the, that is going to be the whether they head to that League's Cup mini break in, in the first or second place on the West, or maybe they dip a little further back. They need more help from the midfielders, of course, but we have to take into consideration that Tillman and Kellen went back to that lineup. They're still not at that 100% like fitness level, so it's just like working them back in. We saw Bogus in, in the second half, so it's just like trying to figure out. Also, Cifuentes came in in the, in the second half, so it's just trying to figure out that too. Get that communication, that flow going, and then so they can help the attackers as well and, and score some goals. So it's, it's obviously disappointing, especially losing the Galaxy. I want to mention, because I saw some people on social media where Ilya held his shirt out and pointed to the shirt. It was a wonderful moment. It's a wonderful moment to be there uh, for the Rose Bowl, something you will tell your grandchildren because it's a very special place, especially for Los Angelinos. This is a very difficult stretch. So these three big games, two of them are at home. We'll preview them here in a minute. Uh, before we get to that, we've touched on him a few times. Mahala, Quadro, Opoku, Mahala traded to Montreal. And, you know, we saw Mahala a little bit. This is something, you know, it's a... Bryce Duke, former LAFC player, went to Inter-Miami. He's now there. So in MLS, when you are able to make a trade for this, it opens the door for a few things. For a Mahala Poku to be, look, $1.7 million for allocation money, that might be a small number in a few years, the way the, the league is going. Or maybe there won't be allocation money in the future. We don't know. But that is a big total, and that helps LAFC get flexible here in this marketplace. So... Remember when Walker Zimmerman was a million dollars of allocation money? That was like an offer you can't refuse. So when anything over a million is kind of in that position where you want to do it. So Montreal wanted him. He's going to be able to get playing time. And it's also going to allow him to get on a pathway to make more money as a professional. So it is a good situation. I know LAFC fans will now wonder how it looks, and we can kind of talk about that. But... Uh, this isn't a jettison of a player. This is Montreal based, and I could say this based on the price tag. They said, we want him, and to, to spend that allocation money means they're going to play, play him in a prominent role. Yeah, so win-win situation where the player gets more money, more playing minutes. It's a good opportunity for him, and then we've seen how much he's grown with LAFC and how important he was. But now it's a good opportunity for him, and it's a good opportunity for the club because at the end of the day, like you mentioned, the business side of things, like they're getting good money for that they're also getting an international roster spot i mean it's a separate transaction but they're getting that spot and then it just tells well, it you that intention yeah. yes it shows intention and then we know that john thorrington might be like already working on something and with the transfer window coming up 20 the championship year of 2022 prior to that remember lafc got a lot of allocation money with trades going back to walker zimmerman Corey baird uh mark anthony all these guys where they built it up, and then we were wondering what they were going to do with it. And that's what I'm saying. It could happen this window. It could happen another window. LAFC have been pretty explicit about we will spend this on our terms. We are looking for players. We don't want someone to come and offer us a player and say, hey, uh, we are being proactive. This is Steve Cherundolo's words, as he shared. You've probably heard before, not being reactive. But when they got that allocation money, that turned out to be Maxime Crapeau, 
Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta was leagues within. So within allocation money, it tells you they're going to look within Major League Soccer for help. Um, I know there's that DP out there. It, it could get filled. I don't know. I mean, it, it, we would we'll start if that happens. It'll happen. But LAFC aren't going to rush into it just because they feel there's a need. But with this allocation money where they do it now, they can get some guys. So I don't know who they are, but think about maybe getting depth in midfield or as a fullback or something where you can do that within MLS. That's what the uh, the allocation money could do. It. So maybe it's like two or three guys. Yeah, definitely. And like the guys you mentioned, they've been so integral to what LAFC has done and to winning that championship and to seeing what we've seen out of the group in, in the past year that it's a good sign of what's to come for LAFC looking to have more depth because... You, you always think, oh, this, this is a very deep team. They have so many players. But if you really look at it right now, especially with the ones that are missing, that's when you realize that that depth is, like, not fully there in, like, every single position. So it's, like, definitely needed. And I think it's a good move in the right direction. Yeah. Again, we don't know. We'll find out when you find out. We're not here to break stories. <laughs> We're here to see it all along. But uh, LAFC is deep is a deeper team out of all of the clubs in MLS. It's just been stretched so much. In the second half of the season, there will be midweek games, but there won't be so many international breaks. There's one in September, but it'll allow LFC. But it, this was kind of what they did in 2022. They were deep in every position. I think that's we talked about it. They have two, they have three, four fullbacks. They have five midfielders they can rotate. And maybe that's something that they can get to. I should have started this, and we saw Mahala earlier, and... Uh, it was tough. It was uh, because Mahala came here uh, wet behind the ears, 18 years old, from Florida via Ghana. And, you know, we were all around here. And we saw him grow up, and we all felt like uncles and aunts a little bit. See, yeah, I got I got It's a tough business, but you get a little emotional when you see that. I know. It's just the goodbye part is not fun. So just Such seeing him. Guy. I know. Seeing him say goodbye to everybody. And like he's happy with what's coming, but at the same time, there's a nostalgic part, of course, of that process of just closing one chapter, opening a new one. And at least, well, we got to say goodbye to him, too, today. Yes, we did. So uh, that was a very special, very special to be able to part ways. So the window's open. We'll see what LFC does. I would, I, I don't know. I don't want to know. I'm just saying I think there might be a player or two. I don't think they feel the DP, but who knows? Remember last year, we didn't know how exciting things happened. This is a club with My a lot. Wish list, My wish list, center forward. This is an ambitious club, and they're playing for trophies. Real quickly, we don't. We'll, San Jose is on Saturday. It's the third meeting. So just like the Galaxy, it's the third meeting versus the Earthquakes. Earthquakes won the first game. Remember, it was the first loss for LAFC. That was up at uh, Levi Stadium. And then a couple weeks later, they played at BMO Stadium, LAFC getting the penalty from Carlos Vela. So this is a rubber game. Uh, San Jose are missing uh, Cade Cowles with the U.S. team, much like Aaron Long. USA play on Sunday. If they lose, Aaron and Cade Cowles come back sooner. If not, it's probably going to be another week. And Jackson Ewell's also missing for them. But at home, this is a big spot. This is a very winnable game. When I looked at the Galaxy game, I said that could be a defeat just to the circumstances of the Galaxy. I wasn't like feeling super confident. This is a game where I think LAFC could really put the hammer down. They have St. Louis a following Wednesday, so another midweek game. And then they're at Minnesota, and then they can get ready for League's Cup. So can look at those three games. But regardless of what happens, St. Louis, who are first place in the West, so that's going to be a big game league-wide. And Minnesota, it's a tough place to play. That's San Jose one. I mean, if you can get a win there, that could sort out. And I think they should should or expected to get a win and probably will.
Yes, it's an important game because like after the rivalry loss, you're going to be at home. You want to start building that confidence like back in the in the group before that break. So you, those three games that you have left are very important, starting with the one against San Jose on Saturday. And I do believe they do have a really good chance to get a win. I, I was watching over the weekend that game that San Jose had against the Galaxy and you know, the intensity was there. Like you mentioned, they're missing key players. But I think when it comes to the matchup against LAFC, um, they should be able to put it away. Yeah, Christian Espinosa did score a goal in that game. It was 2-2. They didn't have to play on Tuesday. I know that sounds like a broken record, but that's kind of what we went through uh, with this team, which is almost the, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but they want to finish well, and they want to start doing better at home. Remember losses to Vancouver and Houston. They want to make BMO Stadium a fortress. How did that go for you? That was pretty... We covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of ground. You got yes. some more stats. You look at your- I, yeah, I have another stat because when we talk about how many games LAFC has had, I'm sorry that we're talking about it over and over again, but it's, it's a reality. It. They're playing for the ninth time in 35 days. They were playing like for the ninth, yeah, the ninth time so like in 35 days against the Galaxy. So now it's football. going to be too much be football. The tenth game. In, 30, in like in 38 nine. days, yes. Insanity. Yeah. Look, this is something the league has to look at because they got to protect their top teams. It's not an isolated incident, what's happening at LFC. Sounders won CCL, same thing happened. Toronto FC lost in the final. They didn't make the playoffs back in 2018. Just talk amongst yourselves and we'll see it. Katia Castrena, Max Pretos, Inside LFC Podcast. We will be back with our special guest, Kellen Acosta, talk about playing at the Rose Bowl and how LAFC gets back on the rails for these next three games. Welcome back inside LAFC Podcast, joined now by Kellen Acosta. And uh, Kellen, I got to ask you, because uh, when we were here before the game on Monday, I I thought you'd played at the Rose Bowl before. You'd never played at the Rose Bowl. So how was the first time? No. Notwithstanding the result, but just being there. Yeah, no, it was cool. I mean, it's definitely historic. Kind of just taking it all in. I went out there pre-warm-up just to kind of just see and survey the stadium, get a feel for it. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's massive. Um, you know, I've seen it on TV. I think, um, you know, the last game that I really remember watching as a kid was was not a soccer game. It was an fo- American football game. It was University of Texas oh, Vince, versus, Vince Young. Yeah, versus uh, USC. I'm a big UT fan, so I fight on. Texas, yeah, right? so uh, I was watching Vince Young versus Reggie Bush. I think Matt Leinart was a QB. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So that one was one of the best college football games ever, really. Yeah, I just remember watching that just at home. I stayed up to watch it. It was it was quite the game. Quite the game. He knew about the, the mystique <laughs> of the Rose Bowl. He knew about that, but Kellen, just seeing the impact of this rivalry, not just for LA, but what it means now to MLS and just being a part of it, seeing how many fans were out there, just how special was it? No, it was definitely, it was massive, I think. I think it's a testament to the sport, how much it's grown, testament to LA, just adopting it and, and just embracing it as a whole. And just to see what 82 and some change there. 82. Was, 110. She has a 82,110. 82, yeah, no, I think. As she should. No, that's amazing. With it's amazing. Rose. It shows where the where the sport is going. Um, and I know definitely very special to see all those fans opposing and in our own to be there. I think that was really just a cool experience and cool game to be a part of. You usually have a week or maybe more to build up to these games. You had a whole off season to build up to the one that was originally scheduled. Uh, with all the games you're going on, I mean, did that take away from the rivalry? Because or it, to me, as a, watching it as a supporter or as, as a fan, 
Uh, it kind of did, but when the game started, I was like, oh, it's, we're here. And then you see yeah. the setting as well. I mean, how did managing these rivalry games, especially with so many other games around it? Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. I mean, it's definitely a game with a lot of emotions, high emotional game. And, um, you know, for our standpoint, yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. You go from, you know, playing, you know, a few days before to, to playing in a, in a game of, of this magnitude. I know for our standpoint, we, we love what we do. But, I mean, in a rivalry game, it's a game that's almost like a must-win game, especially playing into rivals about bragging rights, playing for pride. And, obviously, unfortunately, we, we weren't able to get the result. But, um, you know, it's a game that we always get up for. And, you know, I'm sure we'll be seeing each other down the road whenever that is. Oh, one um, more game at BMO. You I, could I play him so. at League's Cup. You could play yeah, him in the playoffs. There's all these what-ifs. Yeah, there's, yeah. Coming soon, coming, coming soon. soon. Coming soon, more games. Going into what happened uh, on, on the field, Steve talked about how he liked the improvement that he saw in, in the second half. And just what's been the struggle when it comes to just sharpness on both boxes? Yeah, I think that's been the, the story of our, our last some games is, you know, not being clinical, you know, in the offensive box and then defensively, you know, n you know, not being as clean and concentrated in those moments. And in those moments is where you'll win games. And for, for our standpoint, we need to fine tune those two things and that'll help us get back on track and get the results that we want. There's a, you, you get a chance to get right at it Saturday against San Jose, but I know, and I, 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 I probably shouldn't ask this way, the question this way, but with some <laughs> light at the end of the tunnel, we have three games. And then you can take a breath because yeah. I, you know, we can see it. This has been 30 games in the mid, in early July that you guys have played. Yeah. Um, how do you manage this, or how do you obviously approaching this with wanting to get a good taste in your mouth before you have a little bit of a break, where you can kind of, kind of maybe click your fingers a little bit, get ready for League's Cup, get ready. Yeah, for the second no, half. it's definitely been grueling. I mean, I think for our stand, but we've we've had a lot of games, a lot of travel. Um, you know, we've had guys coming in and out of the national team, some injuries. And like I said, there's, you know, a few games left to this break. For, for our standpoint, it's finishing off these three games strong, taking each game for what it is, game by game. And, you know, for our, we got to flesh out, you know, this game that happened a couple of days ago. And, you know, all our focus on San Jose, and we want to get back on track, get a positive result, and hopefully continue to build on that. And we look from San Jose to St. Louis and St. Louis to, to Minnesota, and then we can – breathe you have thought about the three game yeah you see yeah, it. <laughs> i mean it, it's there it's there it's one of those things where like you said we've played almost Crazy 30 insane. games now no, like 30. okay when 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 can we when can we just have that that bit of just relaxation in in a, in a sense what is what what has worked for you i mean because this is a situation where it's not supposed to go well um but you guys can't get full training obviously can't really decompress too much what are some things that you've kind of leaned into uh, mentally, physically, to help you uh, in such yeah, a grueling stretch. It's just finding ways to reset. Uh, whether whether it's just hanging out with family, maybe that's just doing absolutely nothing. Maybe Sounds just good. soaking up the sun that we have here in LA. Uh, video games and and just having short term memory in a sense, especially when these games you know haven't gone our way. It's about putting that behind us and moving forward. And um, you know, for from my standpoint, I can't speak upon the team, but I enjoy playing. I'd rather be, you know, playing a game than being here on the practice field. So, you know, for, for, for me, I mean, I'm looking ahead to, to the next game and hopefully, you know, this, this weekend we can get back on track and get an important win. 
Well, you're coming back from an injury yourself. And we've been talking about it here on the podcast, like the group is fatigued. It's been a, a lot with what you were just talking about, travel, not training properly, all those games. But what are you seeing from the guys also in the locker room? Like what are those conversations like so that people can understand just how much it's difficult sometimes with all of that, like physically and mentally? Yeah, it's been kind of just like an unspoken thing. Like we all know that we're all fatigued and we all know that it's been challenging. But we kind of just look each other in the eyes and be like, let's just roll up our sleeves and get it done. Um, you know, injuries are part of the game. It's been tough. I mean, especially for me, I'm a guy that, you know, I'm, I've been pretty healthy most of my career. So, you know, being sidelined, definitely it sucked. <laughs> I hated watching, you know, my teammates go out there and battling and, you know, being helpless in a sense, not being able to go out there and help them out in these uh, in these uh, stressful times and hard times. But, um Yeah, I mean, they're, they're guys that I always rely on, and I'm happy just to be back there just to be able to battle. And, and you know, for our standpoint, we enjoy what we do. And so, yeah, it's about just buckling up and being ready for, for what's to come. I imagine it's got to be tough when you know they're kind of stretched and you, you want to get out and help. And you want to kind of get in there and say, hey, can, yeah. <laughs> what can I do? We're going to get right. a few minutes here and there. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, especially when you see we're stretched a little thin. And I'm, you know, I'm inside, you know, maybe getting a massage. People think I'm on vacation. I'm like, no, I'm really trying. I'm like, yeah, I feel, yeah, feel a bit of a guiltiness on my my end. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be out there and helping them. But um, no, they've done a tremendous job this year. And like I said, I mean, it's been a it's been a tough stretch, but this isn't the end. We still have a lot of games to go, and and um, Saturday is an opportunity for us to, you know, get back onto to our ways. Uh, we should probably talk about Mahala. Uh, your your, yeah. your net. Your what do we call him? Your niece. Your nephew. My son. My son. Your My son. son. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the business, right? It's, yeah. Uh, Montreal made a big offer. We talked about it a little bit, and they have big plans for Mahala, which we we've, we've all seen grow here. So we all have yeah. a connection. You certainly a little bit more. Um, just uh, to see him, and and be for you to be able to put. Um, some wisdom in him along the way. Yeah. What are those? What are some of the things that uh, will stick with you? Nah, he's just a special guy. I mean, as everyone's gotten to know him, he's a guy that lights up a room, always smiling, always joyful. A guy that's obviously I didn't see him in his beginning years here, but I've just in the time that I have been here, he's grown a lot on and off the field. And so to see his, you know, his steady progression of being, you know, this little boy, he likes to say, to a bigger boy. <laughs> um, no, it's been, it's been great to just getting to know him, you know, on a personal level and on the field, what he's able to, to do and accomplish and contribute to the team. But, you know, that's the nature of sports. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him, happy for him for his new journey and I'm wishing him well, but uh, obviously not against us. So, But, yeah, it's, it's a sad day to, 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 to lose a brother. But, you know, like I said, I'm, you know, going to be a fan from afar. I'm always going to keep in touch with him, and, you know, I'm going to always wish him the best. Thinking about the upcoming games, how difficult is it going to be not having Mahala with you yeah. guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's a ray of light. Yeah, <laughs> he, he really is. He really is. So, you know, missing him, we're, we're going to feel it for sure, um, not only just in the locker room but on the field. But, like, it, like I said, I mean, it's, it's the nature of sports, and now it's an opportunity for someone else to step up and, um, you know, be – not be the Mahala, but be them. But we obviously, we need more from everyone to to, to get back onto to the right way and the right track for us to you know, finish these last three games strong. 
LAFC and Montreal don't play each other that often. I don't think they play this season, but they will at some point. Maybe the next time you see them, they have a beard. Talk like this. Hey, Kelly, hey, what's I going on? <laughs> I'm a man now. Right. He won't Maybe be the be son man anymore. Of the yeah, I'll be nervous, but if he, he gets like a growth spurt, spurt he's like 6'3", I'm like, oh, all right. Can you imagine? Let me, let me keep my, Let me keep my voice down <laughs> when I'm around him. <laughs> uh, obviously, you've had, going through the process of getting traded as well, and it's brought you here, and so good things come of that. Hopefully, certainly good things come for Mahala and uh, I, I hope you get to enjoy the summer here a little bit but with this big game here San Jose first things first and the good news from what I hear from you is that you get to train a little bit less and just play games which is <laughs> so much better <laughs> sweet spot Kellen Acosta joining us here on Inside LAFC the podcast Katia Castorena yes I've been calling her Castorena for a bit Castorena nailed it so uh, good uh, joining us here and uh, we appreciate you. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. We'll be back again next week to recap San Jose. Get ready for that final week before League's Cup. Thanks for tuning in.